Hey everybody, Jeff here. I wanted to take a quick moment to dedicate uh, this episode of Shellheads to my friend uh, Will Brooks, who sadly passed away uh, recently. Uh, Will was a, a, a tremendous friend. He did all of our design work for the Warps and Arcade logos. Um, he even did a bunch of other stuff you know, kind of in between. Probably one of my favorite things, he designed a I Fight for the Users Tron t-shirt, uh, which I took to give to Bruce Boxleitner, uh, who played Tron at a convention, uh, as a gift uh, to meeting him. And later on, come to find out that he was wearing Will's shirt that he designed. And we, I showed him, and he just lit up like a Christmas tree. It was it was fantastic. And he was a, a very gifted and talented artist, and uh, we we're going to miss him dearly. Words can't convey, you know, how important he was to us. Um, but, uh, you know, miss you, buddy. And um, we'll see you again soon. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Sergio. Uh, your other host, Jeff, is here with us as well. How's it going, Jeff? Uh, it's it's going. It's been kind of a rough week, but, uh, you know, we're making it. You know, that's completely understandable. It's 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 been a couple weeks. We, we, we have, we, we've talked about IDW a lot lately. Um, I th- but but we're, we're finally jumping into some some other topics uh, that we haven't touched in a while. Some some really exciting ones. Uh, but 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 like usual, we're we're going to start this episode off with news. Uh, some really exciting news came out of NECA since the last time we talked. Um, really ridiculous news. Uh, do, what, what, do you remember what that news is? <laughs> uh, yeah, of course. I mean, come on. Um, <laughs> So we've got some we've got some more figure announcements, of course. I don't want to say well, one's really weird figure announcement, uh-huh. another one I kind of like expected to see you know happen. Um, we're getting some more. We're getting Bebop and Rocksteady. We're getting more of them. Um, mm-hmm. We're getting the pirate Bebop and Rocksteady from Turtles in Time. Um, <laughs> that just makes you, me think that they're listening to uh, the Shellheads podcast. I hope so. Um, <laughs> Which is pretty fantastic because I I love fighting the pirate versions of Bebop and Rocksteady in that game. Um, yeah. But so, complete, someone actually tagged us on on Instagram and was like, "Hey, I remember y'all saying you wanted these. They're gonna exist." And so I'm really excited that they exist. I just oh, don't know if we're gonna be able to get them. Oh, nice. Here's here's the completely out of left field announcement. Um, we're getting Easter Bunny, Bebop and Rocksteady, but they're a loot crate exclusive, I think. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I th- that does not make me happy. You time to sign up for that loot crate. I don't want to sign up for that loot crate. Didn't you sign up for it and like leave and then come back and then leave again? Yes, absolutely. Time to do it all over again. No, no. <laughs> it's gonna be incomplete, Sergio. The collection, the collection. Like I, it's. You'll do it. I don't want to do it. You're gonna. I know you. <laughs> We'll or you'll see. wait for that secondary market and be like, no, oh, eBay, buy it now. Oh, I don't know about all that. I, I don't know if I can do that. Maybe. Because you know these are going to... Okay, okay. Was there an episode that 
Bebop and Rocksteady dressed as the Easter bunnies? It was an Easter episode, yeah. What? Really? I'm about 99% sure. I think we covered that already, maybe? Have we? I don't know. Like, it's exciting. It's cool. Uh, but I, I don't ever expect to get my hands on, on, on those Easter Bunny ones. Yeah. Like, at all. Like, it's it's never going to happen. Oh, we haven't gotten there yet, have we? It's uh, The Turtles and the Hare, episode season four, episode 11. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten that far yet. Oh, okay. Then that then that's what it is. Yeah, that's a 1991 episode. Okay, okay. Uh, before we move on, I, I just want to want to shout out to to Thomas DiCarlo. That's who it was on Instagram who 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 called us out and said, "Hey, shellheads, check out these figures." So so Thomas, thanks thanks <laughs> thanks for the shout out. Uh, I'm sure we would have caught that caught these announcements anyway, but I think you were the first person to say, "Hey, check this out." So, so congratulations. Uh, well, then there's some some really big news uh, out of the video game world that I, I really don't even know what to to, to say here. So I, I'm going to add someone who is who, who's kind of an expert on the topic. So. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Um, would this be our own Vernon Fenwick? <laughs> it would. It would be. There's 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 some interesting video game news that that popped up this this week that's turtles related, and after talking to Jeff, we we both realized that neither of us know anything about Smite, uh, but one of my Reality Breached buddies or one of the co-creators of Reality Breached uh, knows quite a lot about Smite, uh, so I'm gonna bring him into this call. Uh, everybody, l- let's welcome Reed Walker. Hello. 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 A wild okay. Reed appears. Is that like a Pokemon thing? It is. Uh, Those of you that that listen to Reality Breach know the dulcet tones of Reed's wonderful voice. Uh, Those of you who don't listen to Reality Breach, go do it. Reed's funny. But, Reed, you play a lot of video games, or I play a lot of video games. You play the ones that I don't play, that being Smite. Yes, I play a lot of a few video games. Yes. And... I know that you play a lot of Smite, and there were an, there was an announcement this week that a lot of DLC is coming, like Turtles DLC is coming to Smite. And what does that mean? Like, what is Smite? So, if anybody is familiar with Dota or League of Legends, it is the third-person variant of that. And if you're not familiar with that, with those references, it's a sort of tower defense slash base defense three lane game so all the care all the players on each team start in a base and that is the objective for the other team to get to to defeat their titan is what they'd be called in that game and you generally would defend the left middle and right lane and you push forward defend yours do all these other intricate things but your ultimate goal is get to the other base destroy their defenses get to the other base defeat their titan and you win the game. Is 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 this is is this what's called a MOBA? Yes, it it is what is called a MOBA, as the young folk talk about. Uh, what what is MOBA stand? M- multiplayer online battle arena? Yes, I do believe that's it, and I feel like you know that. I don't know. I had to look it up. I had to look it up. Oh, okay. All yeah, right. I, I, I you channeled the that powers means. of the internet to that's find right. out. <laughs> Indeed. So, is that a sufficient description, or do you need more? 
so how do the turtles fit into this? So oh, they the gods. Depends on how you probably want to break that down. So the base of the game, if you considered no content, no skins, no nothing, right? You're playing as myth- uh, characters from mythology, Greek, Roman, Hindu, Chinese, Japanese, all you know, about ten, I think, ten or so at this point. Okay. So you're playing as Bologna, who's a Roman god, Bacchus, Athena, Ares, Hercules, all these kinds of characters. And as the game progressed, you know, their monetization method for the game, because at base it's a free game, bare bones base, free. But then you can pay to unlock all of the characters. Otherwise, you have to pay with in-game currency to unlock them. So that's its only sort of paywall. But then, so past that, you don't need anything else. Everything else past this is aesthetic and cosmetic. So, and the main cosmetic that they do is skins. So it, some skins go as little as, uh, it's just a recolor of the character's normal outfit to, here's a whole new outfit with the character's original design underneath it. Uh, And then they go even further to where the characters look completely different. They don't even look like themselves, but they still play as themselves. So recently, they had a Avatar Last Airbender cosmetic set come through. So three different Ooh. characters. One looks like had got an Aang skin. One got a Zuko skin. One got a... Oh, I can't even think who it is. Um, Katara skin. And, and so they put it up... They try to put those sort of skins, those especially the licensed ones, or the lookalike licensed or whatever, they try to put it on characters that it makes sense for as best as possible, either their abilities or their own play styles, that kind of thing. So now they're jumping to making the Ninja Turtles ones, and they're doing the four turtles, Splinter and Shredder. And so far what they've done, they have right now, they so they have Leonardo, for instance. He is a skin for a character named Osiris who dual wields weapons, so it kind of works out for the Leonardo style of play. He does all these little melee co- sort of melee chain attacks with his basics. All that to say it looks fancy, right? It's not just hit the button, hit the button, hit the button. If you hold it in succession, he does progressively different attacks. So 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 when you say he's a skin for another character, like mm-hmm. that just means they're they're Gameplay wise, there's no difference between him and that other character. It's all just <clears throat> it's set all dressing. it's all dressing. It might come out or look a little different. Where, say for instance, okay, so here here's a good example. Uh, Splinter is a character is a skin for a character named Hachiman, who kind of looks like your traditional esque samurai armored character, but he's an archer, so he has a hidden blade. He's got his bow. Main thing is the bow, but he does a couple of attacks where the sword comes out and he does things. And his ultimate, he jumps on a horse and can do it's part of an ability. Mm-hmm. So with Splinter, what they do, and this is what I mean by it functionally is the same, but it can look very different. So you have to get used to that as the player. Splinter, instead of summoning a horse like Hachiman does, he summons the turtle van. <laughs> which, yeah which is really cool and they showed like they zoomed into it and it has casey jones and april o'neill 
in the front seat driving the turtle van. So as Splinter, as the character, you're on top of the turtle van. You know, you're you're like tank controls almost. It's terrible, ste- terrible side steering. But, you know, you're going and you just and you're supposed to you're riding on it and he'll do his powerful attack and jump off of it. And that's it. Michelangelo, as an alternative, has a very neat ultimate. He's the skin. His skin is for a character named Mercury, fastest god in the game. That has little meaning to Michelangelo. He's not a speedy character, of course. It depends. It depends on the the lore. Don't don't, don't try to school the shellheads on who Michelangelo is. Reed. It is is that his like? If if each character was put into an essence of an attribute, he's the speed character. He's faster than the other three. I'll I'll give him that. Is he faster because he's on a skateboard or just naturally faster? Jeez, he's naturally faster. And since he also usually knows how to skate, that that probably helps. Is, does he have a skateboard in Smite? He does. There you go. Is where where does that come from, Jeff? Do you can you tell me like where where does this attribute association come from for them? Well, he's I mean, since he's the youngest brother of, you know, of of the four, mhm. That you know that that's that's typical logic. He's he's, he's oh. also he's also typically portrayed as the most athletic of the four. Yeah. See, there you go. That's actually an interesting way to put it for clarification yeah. for me, since you guys are the shellheads and I'm not. Is he <laughs> agile or is he yes. fast? Because those aren't the same thing. Both. He, I okay. would say that he's there. He both both. Yeah. And, that's and fair. the thing okay. is, is it. it in Turtle Land, you can only really compare him to the other turtles. Now he's right. obviously not the Flash, but well, sure, he, he is the speedy one. Okay, that that's fair. And then of course, if you put in the skateboard, of course. Yeah. So with him, with his ultimate, Mercury's normal ultimate is kind of a Flash-esque attack. For yeah. Michelangelo, he activates it for however far he wants to go, and he pulls out the. Uh, skateboard off his back and it has rockets on the side and he lays down on it and it shoots him across the stage and it's like it's like a second like it's a super fast ultimate ability okay okay i know how i'm playing (laughs) as and uh donatello has an interesting one where he's the template his template is for a character named sun wukong with the power pole kind of thing like goku and uh, one of Sun Wukong's ultimate is normally he would go into the air and sit on his flying Nimbus and regenerate health, and then he can crash down and do an attack. Donatello, on the other hand, jumps in the air and grabs onto like a a turtle blimp or a tur- turtle drone and just waits, and he can wait in the air and regenerate and land back down. Does that does that kind of give you an idea of it on on how they're using it functionally or? or yeah. It it really does. It, it, so basically, it's it's really cool modern paint jobs on characters they already have, and they're charging it for, you for it. So it's it, so it's completely basically. optional. It doesn't really okay. All right, you know, but it's a free to play game that makes complete sense. Uh, when when is this supposed to hit 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 the game? That I actually don't know. I hadn't kept up with the release dates of these things as much, and the PC gets it out sooner than the consoles typically do. Yeah. So for all I know, it, it, again, not keeping up with it, it might be out or it's about to come out on PC. As I Google this, it looks like November 3rd. Oh, and that's wow. is that the PC launch or does it say? I, I don't know. Uh, okay. I, it, I think the, the, the overall thing is it's available in November 
Uh, the, the first date I see is November 3rd. So just to expect it in November. That's really cool, really weird. Yeah. I really like that the turtles are just being used. You know, the, the, the more people we get the turtles in front of, the more likely we're going to get actual turtles content. Mm-hmm. So I support this 100%. Yeah. Oh, I, I do want to add one other thing. And, and this you might think is cool. So aside from just the skin being aesthetic, and yeah, you kind of get some neat flavor from their moves being, you know, based off the turtles rather than the normal character it is. They also give them voice lines. So that might be <laughs> an interesting thing for you to look up if that's really cool to you, where you can probably hear the voice pack for a character. And they just say all kinds of things, right? Like when they have to do a voice line for each in-game call-out that the characters can do. Like mm-hmm. enemy in left lane, returning to base, attack the titan, stuff like that. But then they also do have like uh, passing language that they say, like if the character's idle for too long. Or if they get a kill on somebody. Or if they get a kill on a specific character sometimes. So maybe if Leon, if Splinter beats Shredder in a fight and he's the one who actually lands the killing blow splinter might say some unique dialogue toward him okay That's cool. so and and they all have jokes and dumb because they do have like a a joke emote and the character will just have three four five lines of jokes or three four five lines of taunts and such like that all right so well thank you that Reed. Helps. Yeah, thank you guys for thinking of me. I'm, you know, if I'm the only option, that's just I'm happy with that. I'll take that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, but before 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 you go, uh, I just want to say, uh, ch- check out Reed Walker. He's he's the host of the the uh, debriefing and cocktails podcast, uh, where where me and him just kind of talk about 007 for an hour, and I complain, and he talks about how great it is. And and I don't know. I kind of complain. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> Thanks so much for Shut having up. me, guys. Love yeah. you. Bye. <laughs> okay. Well, there's your smite news. I mean, my only complaint is that they gave Michelangelo stupid headphones, and he looks yeah, well. Looks terrible. But you know, that's my biggest complaint because I don't like it. You know, they could have put them around his neck or just left them off. True, true. And I, I don't like that Donatello has goggles. Night vision I, goggles? I, I don't know why modern Donatello always needs goggles. He doesn't. You're right, he doesn't. You know. But whatever. Uh, so so that's, that does it for that news. Did, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? I got some pretty big news. Big um, news? Big, uh, well, it, you know, we had the video game stuff, and then now we got this. Um, I was doing some uh, spelunking on on the ye old Twitter. I found some uh, movie news, not for the new CGI movie, but something else that okay. we have no, not really any information on. Okay. The guys behind, so the Rise of TMNT movie. Uh huh is, in fact, the one based off the TV series from Nickelodeon. Yes, we knew that. Did we know? Yeah, we knew that. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, the, the, the Netflix movie is based on Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. When it was, when it was announced, that's what, it was, that, 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 that's what was said. But we didn't know for sure that it was going to be based on 
the show. Like, we thought it was going to be, like, something different. Like, the, the, the wording was, was odd that they didn't clarify in, in the, the press release. But yeah. the press release did straight up say a Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie is coming. And everyone was like, yay, new turtles. And then everyone was like, wait a minute, no, this is Rise. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was excited nonetheless. I thought I found a hidden nugget, you know, <laughs> on the internet because Ant Ward and Andy Shiro and then uh, this guy named DVE tweeted out the uh, a picture of the script. Um, oh, that's cool. How long? Like, how long ago did, did these tweets come up? Uh, October fourteenth. Okay, so they're pretty recent. That means it's still like it's still a thing. It's happening. Yeah, so DVE is the senior director um, and um, current series and development at Nickelodeon Animation uh, okay. per his Twitter handle. Um, I don't know his actual name, but because um, <laughs> it doesn't it doesn't have it. Um, but yeah, that was on that was on the fourteenth, and it had the image. It did it has some like you have the logo. Mm-hmm. This is Rise of TMNT, the movie, and then you can't see it, but like something's blurred out, so I don't know if we have an exact like full title. I don't know what all that is below it, but anyway, we haven't heard any official news at all on that yeah. movie since it was announced. So it's it's cool that stuff is bubbling up. So so even if you still that's still news. <laughs> okay. So so well, so you know, yeah. I hadn't I hadn't now in my defense I hadn't looked into it since it was originally announced because we weren't again we weren't really like you said it was kind of vague we weren't sure if it was going to be you know what something new something fresh um but in this case it is you know the next step normally you would do a tv series and then oh we're going to do a movie because that's kind of it kind of like goes back to back in the day you had like transformers had a tv series then we get a movie gi joe tv series and a movie and then you know so yeah. on and so forth. But usually if your TV series is canceled because no one liked it, you don't get a movie. Yeah, which I'm kind of starting to come around a little bit because I've been seeing clips here and there. I'm like, when did Ninja Turtles turn into Dragon Ball Z? Because <laughs> it gotta, looks we, insane. I, I, it really does. It really does. I, I dig the show. I really need to schedule us to watch it sooner than what I already have us scheduled. So we'll see. We'll see. Well, Jeff, what is our main topic today? We are diving right back in to the uh, 2K3 animated series. Uh, this time we are covering episodes 14 through 26 of season two. That is exactly correct. I was going to say, at least I hope it is, because that's what I watched. <laughs> yes, yes. The second half of season two. Uh, and how did I put it last last time? This is when the, the, the series kind of hit its stride. Um after rewatching some of the all of these episodes, I don't know if I can really stand behind that statement. Mm-hmm. Um, because I some of them are quite disappointing, uh, but there are some very good episodes in there. Right. It's a mixed bag. It it really is. It really is. The se- second half of season two is is kind of kind of kind of weird. Uh, but I guess without further ado, let's jump right in. Uh, I, I I'm I, I, we probably should say this more often, but. We're going to operate the rest of this episode as if you've seen these episodes. I don't so want to have to go down. 
yeah, there's going to be spoilers, obviously. Uh, and I, I don't want you to feel like we're going to go over every single plot point. Uh, there's, there's way too many of those to hit every single one of them. So here we go. The first episode that we start off uh, with is City at War Part 1, which me and you have recently read City at War, and we both raved about how good it was uh, when it was in the comics. Yeah. Correct? Uh, Correct. They... In the comics, it was a 13-part series. 13? 13. Yeah, it was a 13-issue series uh, that ran for well over, for, for like two years. Like, it took a long time to tell that story. Uh, the City of War arc in 2K3 is three episodes. Seems a little short. It's Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this could have been like, what, the whole rest of the half of the season? Or... It really could have, uh, it's especially considering Turtles in Space was five parts. Yeah. And City of War is three. Uh, let, I guess let me run over, you know, run over the 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 the, the plot here. Uh, where we left off was Utram Shredder was defeated when the TCR TCRI building imploded. Um, with the death of the Shredder, the city is at war with itself. Mobsters, Purple Dragons, and the Foot are all fighting for turf. Supremacy. Supremacy in New York City. Uh, Leo feels kind of responsible for it because they are the ones that kind of defeated the Shredder, causing this power vacuum. Raph does not feel that way. He's like, it ain't our fight. Just because we beat the Shredder doesn't mean this is our fault. Uh, this is just the course of nature, right? Uh, we finally get to meet 2K3 Karai. Uh, she is introduced very almost identically to how she was introduced in the original comic book uh, as being the head of the Foot Clan in Japan. And her, you know, leaving in a leaving in a jet plane to come over to America to fix things in New York. Uh, in th this first episode, um, let's say Leo investigates the foot uh, and mobsters. Uh, the, the mobsters are joined by. Terminator Baxter is what my note says. Notes here say, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and by the end of the episode, the turtles are trapped under a demolished building uh, because they're trying to insert. Because Leo feels he has to insert himself into all of this citywide drama. Yeah. So, so far, I honestly want to say I feel like the beginning of this arc is pretty true to the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, what are your thoughts? So they've they've changed it up a bit, but more or less it is it is pretty true to um, you know the story. I mean, but how do you condense a thirteen issue run into three episodes? And well, of course, you're I'll, chop. I'll tell you exactly how they do it. They they remove all of the Casey Jones story. They remove all of the April O'Neill story. And they remove any emotional baggage that comes with any of the any of that original story, which which I think it is a, a bit of a disservice. Like they could have done it in a way to where at least, you know, April and Casey were on the outs, you know. But again, you know, yeah, they they chop the excess baggage, like you said, or trim the fat, as it were, on that that yeah. beefy baby that is and. Yeah, I, and I I understand why you would say that. I disagree on the whole trimming the fat thing because, 
Well, the, from the, their the, perspective, the, from their well, point I, of view, not they from do, my they, point of view. Yeah, they do have to make good. it into a kid's show, so yeah, yeah. there's that. But th- all of the things that they trimmed out of City at War is what made City at War so special. Yeah. You know, um, they, they, they tried to pepper in Hun as being, you know, the, the leader of the, the, the Purple Dragons and, uh, the, and, 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 and Baxter being this literally Terminator robot guy. You know, uh, th- they tried to evoke the essence of the original comic, and I think, and I just by the end of this, by the end of the trilogy, I think it's a colossal failure. Uh, with I'm that, inclined, I'm in, I'm inclined to agree. There are some great beats in it, but um, it does fall a little flat because it could have been, it easily could have been a six, a six parter, you know, um, yeah. easily. Yeah, Let, let's let's jump to part two because part two is where it starts going, kind of going sideways. Uh, let's see. Tur- here are my notes. Uh, Turtles escape danger. Karai learns of the turtles' existence, and Hun re- regains control of the Purple Dragons from Dragonface, which is a real dumb name. Uh, yep. Second time around has been rebuilt, and April's moving into so, it. So technically, that second second time around, it, uh, would that be third time around? Third time around. You know what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's one of those. It's one of those. Yep. No, um, it is third time around. Yep. 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 Uh, Leo has a water. Leo has a water tower base, and Karai ambushes it, uh, and ambushes the turtles there, claiming she wants to talk. Uh, obviously, the water tower was a much bigger deal in the comic book. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in this version, they didn't need the water tower as a base, uh, so it was just really nice to see them referencing it. So. That I liked. Yeah. Um, Karai approaching the turtles with a deal or with, uh, you know, just wanting to talk is very true to the comics, which mm-hmm. I'm fine with. Um, and and actually, now that I read over my notes, I'm fine with the second part too. Parts one and two are good. Mm-hmm. But it's it's part three that I think where everything falls apart. Yeah. Um. Jumping to, th- I'm gonna go uh, again. I'm just gonna jump to three because we can talk about the whole arc together after that. Uh, Karai explains who she is and what she wants and how the turtles benefit from it. Uh, Karai dresses as the Shredder and lures 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 all factions to one place. We finally get Karai's backstory, which is a huge disservice to Karai herself. Mm-hmm. She was introduced as the leader of the Foot Clan in Japan. That, that's how she was introduced, which means theoretically in both the comic book and in this show, she would outrank the Shredder. Yeah. You know, that's that's how she was pitched in this episode. We find out that she is kind of Shredder's adopted daughter. Mm-hmm. And let's see, she dressed up like Shredder to try to make war, and, and, and then war breaks out when Karai um is revealed to be a lot or when 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 Karai is revealed to be wearing the Shredder's outfit, uh, the, the the Turtles and Karai win the battle between all three of the the factions. Karai promises uh, to honor her vow to leave the Turtles alone. Uh, at the end of the episode, it is revealed that the Shredder is still alive. Of course he is. Like a <sighs> like a horror movie villain, they don't stay dead. They come I'm... back. They take Manhattan. 
they go into space. <laughs> I did, nice Jason Voorhees reference. Thank you. I like it. I like Thank it. You. I like it. It is in the, the 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 honor of the season. Um, and this the the Karai story is what bothers me so much about this whole arc. Mm-hmm. Because she, she she comes in from a position of power, and by the end of the arc, she's just a she's just a sidekick. Yeah. She's a sidekick to a character who is clearly crazy. Yeah. Uh, and and who has who has been resurrected using the worms, which the, nice yeah, touch. the virus the virus sites. Yeah, I like that. Fantastic touch. Yeah. Um, but Karai makes that deal with the turtles, knowing that the shredder's not dead, and knowing that the shredder is a crazy person, knowing that he's going to want his revenge. Mm-hmm. So it was a bad faith deal from the start, and that just and and to me that that kind of poops on the legacy of the original comic book run. Yeah, you know that was a very important moment in the turtles' history, making peace with the Foot Clan, and Karai just does it as as a bargaining chip, which is cheap, and I don't like it. I'm inclined to agree. What are your thoughts on City at War? Um, you know, it's been a while since I've watched these. Um, but you know, after since we tackled the thirteen uh, issue uh, run first, um, you know, having done that first, it I, I do feel that they did do uh do it a disservice in these three episodes. You know, because mm-hmm. that's a that's a lot to cram in. To yeah. one of the most influential stories in in the Turtles run, um, um, but there there's some good stuff there, um, you know, here and there. Um, I have questions about Hun's infinite ammo rocket launcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It just or, or just the liberal use of of lethal weapons by all of the the factions. It's it's crazy. Yeah, they're not guns. They're laser guns. Laser guns. Whatever. Well, they sound like guns, but they are meant to look because television was weird. People actually, you know, were still like whatever about stuff. And so guns can't sound like guns. I was like, really? Come on. Pew, pew, Jeff. Pew, pew. Ah, drive me crazy. (laughs) Um, yeah, I mean. I mean, this one, this art did kind of did did you know? As you said, this it did fall a bit flat. Yeah, and we haven't talked about them yet, but the 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 arc at the end of this season, uh, the one of the Battle Nexus is is better. It's yes. just it's just better, and I feel like part of the reason City at War doesn't work is because there's no time to let the the uh, outcome of it really matter like mm-hmm. it happens mid-season it's only there's only there's only peace with the foot clan for literally two episodes mm-hmm. and then surprise shredder's alive let's get back to exactly what we were doing last season yeah you know it, like if this if city at war had been the end of the season and it you know we didn't real they didn't reveal that Shredder was alive until maybe mid season three and let 
did the turtles actually marinate in some peaceful times? Mm-hmm. I feel like the outcome that they're trying to pitch us here would would feel more comfortable. It just doesn't work as is. I agree. Yeah. It's sad. I mean, it's, 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 it really put a damper on watching all of these because I was like, ah, oh, man. Yeah. And it's like with a lot of television and stuff, like they'll give stuff away. I'm like, I, I, I literally would want to be surprised. Yeah. For once, like don't give it away. Like, what was it? Um, in Dallas, they thought Bobby was dead, but it, it came back. Oh, he's really alive. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> it was this is my the, my weekly old. reminder to to say Jeff you're old. Hey, hey, that's you're pop referencing culture. Dallas. That's pop culture. That it was pop culture in the 80s. They made it relevant again with Family Guy, so nah. <laughs> I got a poo poo on my parade. I I get what you're saying. It's it's just Dallas. Okay, all right, all right. Uh, do you have anything else to say about City of War before we move on? Do you have let any nuggets? Ch- let me check for my nuggets here. Oh, <laughs> yuck. <laughs> hey, you you asked me countless times to show you my nuggets, and I got to go to my notes. Um, oh, God, those terrible, like, training montage music. Where did that come from? Oh, like, it was only in, like, three episodes, and then they just abandoned the idea. But that music was t- – like, the music is so bad, I wish I had it. Yeah. Like, I, like I wish I knew who it was, and I, I wish I could just download it off, off YouTube and, and use it in, like, fake commercials. It's so bad. I, I could I could make that happen. I'll do some digging. Okay. Um. Let's see. Well, in the first in the first city at war part, we got uh, Donnie doing the Matrix Neo staff fight with you know fail, mm-hmm. uh, which was pretty funny. Um, let's see. In the second part, uh, when Mikey is running away from the foot, he does the uh, takes the trash can lid and it's like you know Captain America eat your heart out and throws him at the foot. Uh, that was a nice little nod there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see if we've got any. I don't see any more nuggets on episode three. Yeah, that should do it for those. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. Let's let's move to Junk Lantis. Yes. Uh, this was uh, a follow up to the Garbage Man episode from season one. Uh, if if you can remember, the, the the garbage man falls into the the harbor at the end of season of of the garbage man episode, and and we think, oh well, he's been defeated, he's never coming back. Incorrect, sir. The garbage man lives under New York Harbor, salvaging sunk ships, sunken sunken ships, uh, and and also sinking them. Uh, the, the 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 turtles, and by turtles I mean just Donnie and Mikey. They're we have new product placement. Yes, yes, they're they're driving the shell sub uh, under under the water, and they get captured by the garbage man's uh, scavengers. Yeah. Uh, Donnie, uh, they 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 then you know learn everything they can about the garbage man. Like, oh, we've met this guy before, and blah 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 blah. A bunch of action ensues. Uh, they Donnie ends up 
but at the end, he, he crashes the gar- garbage man's whale ship into Junklantis, uh, causing a giant explosion. Uh, and the garbage man ends up sinking to the bottom of the harbor once again, uh, presumed dead again. And we don't really see Leo and Raph until the very end of the episode. Yeah, it was a, it was a Don and Mikey episode. Yeah. Let's go around. Which which is kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, usually I'm not a huge fan of, of one-off episodes just because they don't really add anything to the over, you know arching story. Mm-hmm. I like this one. This is pretty. This is fun. I like a good. I like a good adventure, you know, episode. Um, yeah. And, uh, like I, I, I don't was, know anything about Ten Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, but I imagine yeah. this is like that. It was so. Good. I, I was thinking more. Uh, well, that, that's yes, that's one. Uh, I was gonna say I forget which James Bond movie it is where they fight underwater. Oh, have I seen that one yet? Um, it's been a while. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think I've watched that one yet. That sounds ridiculous. I love it. Oh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't watched those in a while. I need to get the Blu-ray set. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But I love a good underwater adventure um, film. And yes, you need to watch 2,000 Leagues Under the Sea. That's a great movie. Okay. Uh, I, I, I really liked the Donnie Mikey um, aspect to this. They yeah. need to do – like, ter- listen, Nickelodeon. You need to do this more often where you segment the turtles off to where it's either one of them or two of them or like Donatello and a side character. But, but because as great as the four turtles working together is, we've seen that countless of time, countless times where it's always going to end the way you expect it to do more stuff like junk Lantis, where it's just Donnie and Mikey chilling for a while. It's yeah, fun. Just like, so what'd you guys do today? I'm like, Oh, it's a long story. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, do you have any nuggets for Junk Lantis? I do. Uh, so, it's like okay. one notice that the uh, Junk Troopers kind of look like um, the uh, was the Sniffits from uh, Mario Brothers Two. Sniffits? Do I know what the Sniffits are? They are they they shoot the bullets out of their faces. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. It it did it, it does kind of look like those guys. Yeah. Um, you mean from I, Doki Doki Panic? Yes. Yes. Shit. That would be nice to have, by the what, way. What other okay. nuggets? What other nuggets do you have? <laughs> we get some Star Wars references. You know, they're uh, they they infiltrate and they, you know, dress up like the uh, junk troopers. And Mikey's like, "You aren't you a little short for a junk trooper?" Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um that's that's about all the nuggets for that. I thought it was inter- we we do have a um a uh cup holder in the shell sub. Uh batteries not included. Uh by the way. Um those are sold separately. Wait, what? <laughs> I missed the oh. line. I missed the punch. I was like we have new product placement. The shell okay. Sub. Oh, okay. Okay, you're bringing it back around. I got gotcha. you. I get it. I get it. Batteries sold separately, not included. Um, okay. All right. But the end was a, there was a cup holder uh, in the in Mikey's chair, and it, I was like, "Is that a food court like soda cup?" Okay. Of course it is. Of course. How do you have time to get a drink on the go? Um. But yeah, that's no. That's about. 
that's about it for that. Okay. All right. Well, then let's let's keep it rolling. Uh, let's move to the golden puck. Oh yeah, I have to spend too much two, time on this. Episode two eighteen. So I don't I don't know if you 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 realize this. Um, that that it's this episode is heavily influenced by uh, issue number fourteen from uh, from volume one, uh, the unmentionables. Yes. It's and I, I don't know if you remember when we talked about the unmentionables. I'm not a fan. I like the cover. I like gangster turtles, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah, the the costumes were cool, but the the, the issue was not great. Yeah. Uh, in 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 the episode, uh, ra- rather than Casey being all upset about some cow off the top of a store in Northampton, he's upset that a golden puck, which is basically the the turtles world equivalent of the Stanley Cup, mm-hmm. was stolen from a hockey game, and Casey is so upset that he's like, hey. We gotta go get. We we gotta go find out who who you know who stole this and put them in jail. Uh, it was stole by these big like Texas boss hog. Yeah, is that the character's name, Boss Hog? No, he just looks like Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, he's like like these these you know larger than life Texas businessmen uh, who they, they they stole it uh, and. After they stole it, there's there's a whole snowbo- snowmobile chase because we have to find a way to get the turtles riding on something. Uh, then there's a whole hotel caper where the turtles are trying to, to, to figure out who has it and where it is and how they can get it back. Um, we, we, the, 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 the Texas businessmen dis- decide to tell it. They, they end up telling us why they stole the cup, and it was to so, – so the, the hockey league allows them to buy a team? Yeah, because they refused to let him have a team in the first place because he's a convicted felon, just straight <laughs> out of the pen. <laughs> Come on, man. There's like there's there's better ways to do that. Yeah. Like, sorry, his justification was just silly. Like, just give your money to your son. Have your son buy the team. Come on. Exactly. Like, there's ways around that. Um, but no, they were blackmailing the team into letting him buy. By by blackmailing the league to let them buy a team, Turtles stole the puck back, and the Texas crew gets arrested. What what did you think of this episode? It was a it was a fun episode. Like I did enjoy the uh, I I enjoy a good chase sequence. Um and Turtles in disguises again. That yep, that's always fun. But overall, yeah, it was it was a fun episode. You know, there was chases, there was some 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 espionage. And of course, get freaking. I was like, oh, well, they break into their hotel room trying to find the thing, and they're they're coming back. And I was like, where's everybody's hiding except Casey? I was like, really, Casey? He's laying right between the two beds. It's obvious. <laughs> well, Casey is not a master of of ninjutsu or smarts in this series. No, that's true. He's he is kind of a klutz. Uh, they they really numb skull. They watered him down in this. I'm not happy about that either. But we'll get to that. Later. I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. All right. We we'll get to that later. Um. I do. The the one thing. Okay. All right. Admittedly, I did not like the comic. This is loosely based on. But I'm very impressed that they were able to completely change the story, and it still feel like that story. Yeah. Like even even at the end when the, the, like the turtles have the puck, but they had to go back to get the Texas crew arrested. Like I remember talking about the the the, the book saying 
why did they do that? They had what they wanted. It, 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 it just followed the same arc, and it was impressive. Yeah. The episode was perfectly fine, whatever. It's more believable than the other one, so I guess, yeah. guess there's that. Yes. It, it, it should go it, – it's, it's interesting that they, this is a Kevin Eastman story. Like, or the, the, the original comic book was a Kevin Eastman story. And I don't think it was on the top of Peter Laird's uh, to-do list to convert Kevin Eastman stories into 2K3 episodes. Mm-hmm. So big ups to him for letting them do that. Yeah. Yeah. So any nuggets in the Golden Puck? Uh, well, we had the um, – I don't know if this is a nugget or not. Of course, I'm going back to pop culture. Uh, are you familiar with Bob Newhart? I swear. Are any of your references from this 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 uh century? No, because that's not how pop culture works. Yes, it is. That was not. It's literally popular culture. It is one of what the, is popular right now, Jeff. I don't care. <laughs> it's always popular. Bad the future is still popular. <laughs> All of that. Anyway, there's to answer your question. No, I'm not. Okay, well, there's so there was a character named Larry, and he's like, "This is my brother Daryl, and this is my other brother Daryl." So, in this, you've got this is my brother Bobby, and this is my brother Robbie. I was like, it it feels like it's kind of a nod to that, maybe, maybe not. Um, (laughs) I don't know. Okay. (laughs) My 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 knowledge on pop culture is vast, so you know this. Yes. Yes. Um, so leave it to me to come up with something extremely dated. Um, <laughs> that's from the eighties. Uh, well, then, then that means we're moving on to the next episode, which is, uh, two nineteen. Uh, there's some rogues in this house. There's some rogues in this house. Nothing. No. See, 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 all of your references are old. Like, that that was that was a, a quality modern reference right there, but you know, our younger listeners will will, will get it. Uh, let's talk about Rogue in the House Part One. Semantics. Uh, this loosely adapts uh, Zog's arc from Return to New York mm-hmm. uh, in Volume One, which is issues nineteen through twenty one. Uh, we we learned that Shredder is alive, of course. Well, we knew that. The Turtles eventually learned that as well. Uh, the turtles stumble on Zog and realize he's kind of out of his mind because of his uh, b- because of the oxygen in our atmosphere making him go crazy because he's from a planet that has sulfur in the atmosphere. It's the reason that the, the turtles had to use breathers when they went to the Triceraton homeworld. Nitrogen and sulfur. That's right. That. Nitrogen and sulfur. You're correct. Um, let's see. Hun rejoins the Shredder. Baxter. Uh, well, <laughs> there's less of him now. Oh, you bet. Oh, Baxter. Yeah. Y- yes. It's, it's revealed that Baxter has now uh, been removed from his Terminator body and just put into a tank. Not like a, a war tank, <laughs> like a fish tank. Like a giant fish tank, floating fish tank. Yes. He's just a brain and an eyeball now. Yep. Yep. But somehow he's still able to create new uh, tech the, that, that, that mimics beings. Um, the turtles, uh, while 
hanging out with Zog, stumble upon uh, an injured splinter in the sewers. And the very shortly after that, it's revealed that there's two splinters. Who could it be? Oh, no. Which one is real? The most obvious choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a classic, which one do I shoot scenario. Yeah. Uh, the turtles, let's see. What do my notes say here? Okay, after figuring out which splinter is real and there being a huge battle and blah, 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 uh, the turtles use the robot splinter and the signal that he was being controlled with to find Shredder's new lair. Yeah. And they go there in an attempt to uh, blow it up because Splinter was not happy that he was being mimicked by a robot. Not at all. He was not happy at all. We saw a side of Splinter that we don't see very often. He angry. Yes. He was very angry. Like somebody turned off like his soaps right in the middle of like a cliffhanger. Right. Uh, rather than talking about all, you know, these individually, I'm gonna go ahead and go over Rogue, uh, Rogue in the House Part Two, and then we'll we'll cover both of them. Knock it out. Uh, the turtles, while they're still trying to blow up Shredder's new lair, uh, Splinter gets captured by Zog and falls. Uh, and wait, gets captured and Zog right. falls. It's, yeah, sorry, I misspoke. Splinter gets captured. Uh, Zog falls into the harbor. Karai uh, has an in like an internal conflict after promising that the turtles would be left alone. Uh, the the shredder is is demanding she kill the turtles and she's not able to do so. Uh, and 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 Hun is all like, ha ha, I knew it. Uh, Zog Zog is saved in the big battle. He ends up uh, sacrificing himself to quote unquote kill the shredder. Uh, Baxter sinks to the bottom of the harbor. Karai scavenges Shredder's exoskeleton out of the harbor. Most of this second episode was a giant fight where the turtles were literally trying to blow up the, the what what was it, a boat? Yeah, the foot barge. Yeah, the foot <laughs> Yeah, the foot barge. This second episode was kind of all over the place. No elder barges were harmed in the making of this episode of Shellheads. Except the one that was blown up at the end. Ooh. Yeah. So, this, the, technically the turtles win. They lose Zog because he did commit suicide by drowning himself in, in, in the harbor. Scratch that. Scratch that. He sacrificed himself. He still kills himself. Well. That's, he's, that's what he did. Well, yeah. I mean, sacrifice sounds better. <laughs> okay. Well, he's, you're not wrong, but also I'm not wrong. Well, no, true, but it just it sounds better. Yeah. Uh, the, the the real crux of this whole episode is Karai's like inability to to, to remain honorable. Yeah, and Shredder has done. Yeah. It, like. Okay, side note. I really hate how they use the phrase honor so much in these two episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you honorable? That's there's no honor in that shredder. Just just shut up. Just shut up. <laughs> like talk like a regular human being. You lied. Karai, you lied. 
the the foot is is all up our butts right now. You lied. It's uh, sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just them being so. Man, what is crabby tonight? You want you? No, I, no. Look, look, look. I I understand what they were trying to do, but they don't always have to be so steeped in ninja speak. They do because it's literally called they ninja turtle. Yes. You can't be steeped in ninja speak and also have the cat for catchphrase cowabunga. You most like, certainly can. No, no. It's, yes. It's, I'm just saying it's not necessary. Like it's it's, it's real douchey. If <laughs> like if, if if that's no. how I want to put it, it's it's just real real obnoxious. Accuracy. Okay. Whatever. I I guess I'm allowed to not like it. You're also allowed to like it. It's just dumb to me. Um, typical, typical response <laughs> from the guy that like a no, like a no Japanese ninja stuff. Yeah, just honorable. It's like shut it sound, up. You sound just like a splinter. Just, just shut up. <laughs> okay, what did you think of Rogue in the House parts one and two? Well, first of all, we have to. I think we have to acknowledge how awesome Zog is. Zog is great. Zog's um, always great. Uh. I, I it's it's really really weird to have his story be so far removed from Return to New York. It took a hot minute. Yeah, yeah, real real weird. Uh, but I didn't hate how they how they implemented it here. Yeah. Um, we had more product placement, which is the shell skis. Yeah, shell skis. Yeah. Uh. Which were in there for like a hot minute. It's like, oh, Zog destroys destroyed Donatello. So I was like, why do you gotta pick on Donatello? And like, like probably one of my favorite moments, uh, it, are 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 the parts where Zog and Mikey, you know, just kind of have that. Like, I'm like, oh, he's teaming up with Mikey. I'm like, this is great. So like, Mikey just really has a lot to do, mm-hmm. um, and he's less jokey and more serious, which is what something that I really like to see throughout these uh you know more of these episodes um but they're surrounded by foot soldiers and i'm just like this is gonna be i was like i know how this is gonna play out you know it's basically gonna be like if tyson fought an infant and he just (laughs) takes them out like they're just nothing (laughs) that reminds me of the old uh like fictional scenario that that people used to ask like in the in in the late aughts um and it was completely a joke but it was how many five-year-olds do you think you could take out yeah before they eventually overwhelmed you so how many how many five-year-olds do you think zog could take out i'm thinking about like all of them oh Yeah, Zog is a tank, man. Yes. Not like a fish tank. Like dinosaur version of Incredible Hulk. Uh, uh, agreed. Agreed. Yeah, I've. It's it's I, I'm I'm so mixed on these episodes because I do really like the Zog stuff like a lot. Yeah. But I do just so strongly dislike what they do with the Karai character. Yeah. That it's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I just no, I get it. It it's you know it's it's. I'm seeing that now more that you that you bring that to light. Um, it does it it comes back around later though, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 
it it furthers my I'm trying to collect my thoughts here. I'm gonna go ahead and say that like Utrom Shredder is probably, and I think I've said it, I'm pretty sure I've said it before on several episodes, that he is probably the most dangerous version of the Shredder that we've seen in animated form. Yes. Because he's just an uncaring, unforgiving, just monster. He's ruthless, yes. In a freaking near indestructible Terminator exoskeleton. Yep. With unlimited power. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like it goes. Yeah. My only problem with the the shredder in two K three is h- how he's used narratively. Yeah. You know who like, the, the 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 character that he is, and how ruthless he is, and how out of his mind he is. I really, really like. Mm-hmm. It's just he shows up way too much. Yeah, they could have dot it back a bit. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Up next is. Episode 221, uh, and that is April's Artifact. Uh, and this one, I don't want to talk about it a lot at all. Because mm-hmm. uh, I barely even remember watching it, and I know I watched it because it was so boring. Yeah. Uh, April and the t- turtles get transported into another dimension thanks to a trinket that uh, is is at second time around, or I guess third time around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's they get transported to a jungle world, uh, and they very quickly find out uh, that Uncle Augie, April's uncle who owned the trinket, uh, must have been transported there too because they find some of his stuff. Uh, there's all kinds of jungle beings that want to kill them. Uh, one of them is a giant hornet with a stinger. Raphael ends up getting paralyzed by the the, the hornet's. What is it? Not not venom. What is it? Stinger. Poison. Poison. Poison stinger. Yeah. Uh, there's a whole bunch of fighting, a whole bunch of running. Uh, the turtles get. The turtles look to a, look like they're about to die uh, when they get teleported right out, and April then vows to return and save Uncle Augie in the future. That's literally about it. That's about yeah yeah. Like it's it's a cute episode. It's 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 in line with a lot of the past stories of the turtles accidentally going to other places. You know, it's it's a lot like the the the, the time scepter story. Yeah, it's a, it's a lot like the 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 dinosaur episode of the original cartoon. It's like, oh hey, this is a foreign land. Hey, like, like yeah. it's, it's the the. What am I trying to say? It's standard fare, which is really odd considering what it is, and I, it's just boring, man. What, 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 what do you what do you have to say about April's artifact? I mean, I wouldn't say it's boring. Like, I don't think it was boring. Like, you know, to me, like, you know, it's another adventure, and it's somewhere different. Uh, but you know, when you realize that it, the entire world ex- exists, or they're transported inside that puzzle cube, which is uh, or puzzle box, um, which was kind of crazy or weird. That is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it's a weird alternate dimension type thing or whatever. Um, I thought it was fun. It was a fun kind of like a distraction, you know, from, you know, the main stories. 
I love how like you know the, the turtles are helping them helping you know April clean up you know the uh, third time around. And she's like she's so afraid that they're gonna break stuff, and Raph and Casey end up breaking stuff, and she's like trash duty, and like no matter how tough Casey and Raphael are, they are more terrified of April. Yep. I mean that's how it works. Um. Uh, we do get a Lego Rama with April because she's normally wearing those giant cargo pants and something. No, happens. that's true. Yeah, yeah. And then her pants are ripped and she's now got shorts on. Oh, and we have that horrible montage weapon making music. It's bad. Oh yeah, like it was even it, worse than the one from before. Refresh my memory. Did, was was there stupid montage music prior to these episodes? <sighs> Like I don't remember like running, any. Like, well, uh, there was one like running free in the NYC. I was like, oh, this is bad. And the midnight run. I was like, oh, this is so terrible. But I mean, but I mean, like prior to the second half of season two. Yeah, yeah. That that the one that I just mentioned. What do we know? What episode that was in? Oh God, I can't remember. Um. So it but, was. But, the, it was but the you, one. Oh wait, wait, wait! It was the one where the the I think the power had gone out in the in the lair, and the turtles were like bothering Splinter yet again. Like, why don't you go outside? And so they they take to the streets because the power's out. And um, I think it was darkness on the other side of town. I think. Okay, darkness on the edge of town. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, um, it, so it's, just, it's so bad. It's so it's bad. Really bad. It's like those the the. Hey, we can't afford to pay for pop music because we'll never get the licenses, unlike a lot of 80s cartoons, and we're just going to make up music. You don't have to do that, though. Just don't play music. Yeah. Just do, just do orchestral stuff. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. Man. Well, what else you got to say about April's artifact? Well, um, Mikey was squ- – was, uh, he, was, uh, he was scared of Queen Latifah. As as we all should be. Yes. Queen Latifah is an intimidating being. Yes. We do come. We do revisit this later on. I would hope so. April vows to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I would hate for that to be a dangling plot thread. Yeah. We need to make Jungle Action Fury April O'Neil action. Yeah. Figure. Like th- this reminds me of the the. The, the episodes with the people who turned into like m- bug monster things because of the, the crystal in the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Just the... not very interesting, but it exists, you know, I don't know turtles and monsters. That's always yeah. a fun. That's always fun enjoyment. All right. Well, let's move on to episode two, two, two or yeah. The second, the second season, 22nd episode return of the justice force. Uh, and I think it should probably go without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. This is based on the volume one issue number 15, number 15 by P- written and drawn by Peter Laird. Mm-hmm. And for the most part, it's a pretty accurate like retelling of the story, but the end is completely different. Yeah. Which I don't understand why they changed the end. Mm-hmm. It's not that they made it worse. It's it's just weird for them to stick to the st- source material and then just throw a curveball at the end. Yeah. Uh, the turtles stumble upon uh, a team of retired superheroes called the Justice Force. Uh, they are Stainless Steve, Metalhead, Zippy Lad, Joey Elastic, Doctor Dome, and Battling Bernice. 
um, in a, basically via an old comic shop and, and Dr. Dome's uh, little dome bots are wreaking havoc and all the, 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 the justice force think it's Dr. Dome that, you know, sent these bots cause that's who usually commands them. But we find out that it's actually Ananda, which is battling Bernice's daughter, battling Bernice being dead, uh, and also being uh, the love interest of Dr. Dome in the past. We find out that Ananda is Dr. Dome and Bernice's daughter, uh, and she wants revenge for the death of her mother. The change that they made was, in the original comic, Dr. Dome is who brought all the, the Dome bots, and he did it to get battling Bernice to come out of hiding only to find out that battling Bernice had died and Ananda uh, showed up in her place in her costume. So I guess the version that made it into the TV show makes more sense, Mm -hmm. but I don't know if it's better. Yeah. I don't know. It, it was it's a fun episode. I really like all these 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 secondary characters that you know Michelangelo is the head over heels heels for because they're all comic book characters and yeah. the story they're telling is very much a superhero story, especially like a retro feel feeling uh, superhero story. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of Return to Return of the Justice Force? Again, it's a it it's I'm I'm gonna echo your sentiments. You know, it's a fun episode. Seeing, you know, aging uh, superheroes, um, it reminds me of a Freakazoid episode where they're at a restaurant and there's, like, all these old heroes just talking about stuff. Joe Elastic, like, not being able to stretch, having stretch issues, (laughs) which I thought was funny. He was like, he stretches his head and then, like, he's like, oh, it won't stretch back in. Oh, it'll go back eventually. I was like, that's funny. Um, Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, like that. That was it. Was a lot of fun. Um, it's like again driving Splinter crazy with all their antics and stuff. And like, you should leave. <laughs> you should go do stuff. And Casey's like, road trip to Northampton at a yep. comic shop. I'm like, yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, this was this was rather this was a rather enjoyable episode. Um, yeah. Anytime they put in superheroes into the mix, um. Is, is always is always fun. I remember watching this, uh, having having read the comic book, right? Uh, I I watched this episode, and most of the time, most of the episode when I first watched it, I was just smiling, just grinning ear to ear, because of how much I like the the original comic. So it's it's not a one for one uh, adaptation. But I that I don't care. That doesn't matter. It's 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 pretty, it's, good in, close. It's, it's pretty close, but it's it's just it's good enough to stand on its own. So I, I, I have no no problems with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Any nuggets? Um let's see. We open up with a Michelangelo comic narration, which is just goofy and endearing. Um, <laughs> that's true and the uh the artwork um definitely inspired uh by jack kirby um mm-hmm. you can see the the beats the uh the artistic style there uh which i rather like um and you know as anyone knows you know any turtles fan out there knows that jack kirby was a huge influence 
on um, both Peter and Kevin. Um, That's true. Don has new shell cycles. Of course he does. Color coordinated. Um, oh, freaking dome bots when they attack the comic shop. I'm like, no, the collectibles. Save the collectibles. <laughs> no. They're not real, Jeff. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. It was real to me. <laughs> um. Oh, when the freaking dome bot, the domoids, like they're going and kidnapping the old heroes. <laughs> they rolled Joey Elastic up like a fruit roll up. <laughs> just, I laughed so stinking hard at that. <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh, it was great. And oh, at, at the end of the day, Michelangelo's comic knowledge wins the day. Oh, yeah, of course. No, I'm sorry. And at the end, Michelangelo's comic knowledge saves the day. As it, as it should. That's, that's exactly how that episode should end. Yeah. So... It's pretty great. I, I, I like that episode. Like turtle jackets, like biker jackets. I'm like, oh, those are snazzy. I'd wear one of those. Heck yeah. Uh, let's okay. Let's move on to the big finale here. The the, the one that we haven't talked. Like, the, honestly, the reason to watch the second half of the second season. Oh yeah, I've watched these so much. Let's talk about the big brawl. Parts one, two, three, and four. Very uh, well paced. Yeah. Well, yeah. well. I, I I will say this: the first two episodes are perfectly paced. Uh, the third and fourth, I I, I feel like they might they might have tried to sh- shove a little too much into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll get to that. Uh, I'm going to do a quick run through of part one. Uh, let's see. Splinter leaves uh, to go somewhere. Does not tell the turtles where he's going. Uh, the turtles follow and and, and accidentally uh, f- find themselves battling in the Battle Nexus uh, tournament or the big brawl or I'm not. What, what is it called? Is the place called the Battle Nexus or is the tournament called the Battle Nexus? The tournament's the Battle Nexus. I thought it was the big brawl. It has a couple of different names. Okay. All right. All right. Doesn't matter. All right. Uh, the turtles accidentally defeat someone in the tournament, uh, and they learn of Splinter's, I guess, double life would be the best way to put it, uh, and the history of the Battle Nexus. Uh, Splinter was a champion, uh, and it's it, it's it's basically a place where all of the the most skilled martial artists come to to test their the test their metal to see if they can you know become the winner of the Battle Nexus. Mm-hmm. And Splinter has won before, uh, and when he won, or he 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 beat this dragon guy named Draco, even though his his uh, leg was broken. Uh, Usagi was there. He was saved. But uh, he saved Splinter uh, when the, the Draco the dragon uh, tried to to kill him because he wasn't happy with the outcome. Right, because he wasn't happy with the outcome. Being beaten by a rat with a broken leg is not is not a good look. Uh, the Damio allows the TMNT entry into the tournament. The Ultimate Ninja from Season 1 uh, ends up being the Damio's son. Uh, Traximus is there, the the uh, Triceraton... Uh, gladiator. Gladiator, yeah. Um, 
And this is, I believe this is the first time we see Usagi in 2K3. Is that correct? Correct. Okay. Uh, that's pretty much what happens in the first episode. There's there's a lot of buildup, a lot of backstory they have to tell in this first episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm digging all of it. Oh, yeah. You know, learning that Splinter has this 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 backstory where he goes and fights in the battle nexus, uh, and and that that Hamato Yoshi had 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 won the battle nexus as well, uh, and 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 there's treachery, and we already knew who the ultimate ninja was, but we didn't know that he was tied to this battle nexus thing, even though the Damio showed up last season to bail his son out of the problem he like. They laid the groundwork for this so well. Oh, yeah. And sprinkling in characters that we already know really helps this work a lot. Like, yeah. Trax- seeing Traximus there, I had forgotten he was in this story. When I saw him today, I was like, oh, Trax, Trax is here! Yeah. I was like, yeah! Uh, and it, we need to talk about Usagi. So, what is his name? Usagi Ujimbo. I don't think that's I don't think that's right. I think his name is Miyamoto Usagi. Yeah, Miyamoto Usagi. What what does that mean? Like, why does he have two names? Uh, well. mm, And is he a different character? No, he's the same one. It's he's because he's always referred to as Miyamoto Usagi in the 2K3 series. Mm Mm-hmm. See now, I'm I'm pretty rusty on my Usagi Ujimbo, um, because it's been a really long time. Yeah. Um, but it, you know, it should be the same guy. Okay, I, I actually yeah. think that Usagi Ujimbo is the name of the comic that yeah. he's from. Yeah. And Miyamoto Usagi is is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, does Yo does Yojimbo mean something? Miyamoto Usagi is his name. All throughout. Okay. But he's referred to as Usagi Yojimbo because that's the name of the book? Because that, that is the name of the book. Like, that's that's not a secret. Right. And uh, Yojimbo means bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't think he's ever referred to as Usagi Yojimbo except for in the 80s cartoon. Interesting. Usagi is an acro- is uh, Japanese for rabbit. Okay, so so rabbit bodyguard. Yeah. Okay, that works for me. Yeah. He's there, <laughs> and he's very different from the version we met in uh, the original cartoon. Like in the original cartoon, he was very soft spoken and seemed kind of dumb, very much a fish out of water situation. And in this, he's like he he seems adult. He seems like an adult who knows exactly what's going on and is there to to get get stuff done. Mm-hmm. So, so 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 that was a that, that was a cool a di- like difference uh, that I noticed. Yeah. Uh, before we moved it on to part two, what you got for part one? This might be throwing it out in left field, but I could be wrong. But like the name, like the big brawl, mm-hmm. um is my introduction was the 1980s Jackie Chan movie, The Big Brawl, or Battle Creek Brawl. And he would fight all these different fighters from, like, 
different styles, like wrestlers and all kinds of other stuff. So that kind of feels like maybe there's some influence there with this because you've got people from all different worlds in this regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of my take on on that. Um, but it, it feels like that a little bit. I, anytime that they introduce like magic mysticism into the turtles world, I love it, you know, cause it's just <laughs> really fun. And like when, when Splinter, you know, did the chalk drawings on the, you know, the brick wall in the alley and then like sort of mumbling mumbo jumbo, you know, just you, gibberish and water appears and like, it just forms a door and it goes through it. All that that's, that was really cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, like a lot of a lot of thought was put into the de- design of getting to the battle nexus and the battle nexus itself. Yeah. Um. I don't think I've got any other. I don't have any nuggets except it was just really nice to see because Stan Sakai is very protective of his character, and I don't blame him given the scope of you know how certain comic characters are treated in television and films. Um, and to see Usagi represented extremely well in this made me very happy. Yes. Yes. Like I, I, we've talked about Usagi before and I'm not a, not a huge fan, you know, just from the jump, but I, I liked how they portrayed him in this, in this story. Yeah. Yeah. Has a, has a nice uh, connection to the turtles without them really knowing it. Mm hmm. Um, as in him being very young and saving uh, Splinter when he needed saving. Um, yeah. Uh, let's see. Let's just move on to part two. I'm gonna go ahead and run through this 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 uh summary. Assassins arrive to kill Leo in the trophy room. Uh, Usagi saves him. Turtles enter the big brawl. Uh, in round one, uh, Leo is it Jen or Gen? It's Gen. Uh, Gen. Uh, Traximus, Raph, Splinter, Usagi, Mikey, and what looks to be a giant spasmosaur win. Yeah. It, it's clearly not the same, like, being uh, from the first season when they fought a spasmosaur, but yeah. it looks a lot like it. So we're just going to refer to it as a spasmosaur. Um, Donnie loses the very first round. Oh, man. Which is... That's the perfect turtle to lose in the first round. Just perfect. Uh, Ultimate Ninja is revealed to have the to to have ordered the assassins, uh, and he big surprise is, there. A big surprise that the guy who was a bad guy is still a bad guy. Look at that. I mean, you uh, could tell it in his voice. Oh, what is this? Like, come on, man. Yeah, yeah. The voice acting is really good uh, on on the Ultimate Ninja. Uh, he's plotting to replace the Damio. Uh, in round two of the battle, uh, battle nexus, uh, Splinter has to fight Mikey. Trax has to fight Raph. Uh, Usagi fights Leo, and Gen fights the Spasmosaur. Uh, Mikey wins by forfeit because Splinter didn't want to fight his son. Uh, Gen beat the Spasmosaur. Raph beats Traximus, and Leo is hit with a trank dart and is knocked out in the middle of his fight with Usagi. Uh, with Miyamoto Usagi, and that's how the episode ends. Uh, it's it's 
it's shown that the person who shot the trank dart is, of course, the ultimate ninja who's getting his revenge on Leo beating the crap out of him in the first season. Mm-hmm. So uh, everything is coming to a head. Uh, this is this is really where I was sitting up and was thinking, man, th- this this story is exactly what I want out of a, a out of an original turtle story. Yeah. Like if you had told me halfway through this this arc that this is from a lost comic book that was never published or hey Sergio here's a comic book that was published that you, that you didn't know about it's called the Battle Nexus I would believe that they this was an adaptation yeah and it's surprising that it's as good as it is and it's not an adaptation at all uh, what'd you think about part two I, I was already hooked from the uh, the first part um you know just going deeper into you know what's going on um and getting to you know getting to see uh usagi fight and then also you know the turtles and everybody's like pairing off against all these weird crazy looking creatures (laughs) uh including some from the uh the donatello one shot episode Um, oh from 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 that uh that weird world that kirby drew yeah Oh, that doesn't make any sense at all. No, it doesn't. <laughs> like that weird, like purple guy that like fights Donatello. Uh huh. Think. No, 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 not Donatello. Um, got the weird horns and everything. Yeah. And then um, you see one of the um, one of the guardians with like the giant hammer, and the blue hair. I was like, wow, I I know that guy. It could have been just you know, hey, we already have these character models. Let's just put all these characters in that we've used before even it's at some point the um the alien um uh that tried to pick up michelangelo when he was dressed up in that pink outfit in the turtles in space arc is is seen in a scene (laughs) i was like what okay you know it's typical that's how they do it it, it's it's a it's a great opportunity to throw in a bunch of references that you don't realize are references until you actually go digging deep. Yeah. We see, we see, uh, during the, like when, when Leo gets jumped, uh, attack or when we Leo gets attacked by the shadow ninjas. Um, and you know, Usagi is helping him. He, um, he still doesn't have his swords cause he broke his swords in the, in yeah. the, in the, the entry fight. Um, and he defends himself with, of all things to pick up. It looks like shredder's helmet. Uh yeah yeah, that was funny. <laughs> and he's there's like, no reason it's not Shredder's helmet. Like he's like, get this out of here. It's not his, but it looked like it. Well, it's it's yeah, well, it's it's reasonable to believe that the Shredder com- probably competed in the Battle Nexus at some point, right? Because he is a uh, you know an Utrum of the universe. He knows stuff. Mm-hmm. Overall, another solid another solid episode. Oh yes, absolutely. Like like two K three at its best. Yes. Uh, and and I, I don't want to linger too too much longer on this specific episode, but it combined good action with fantastic character moments that just weren't brother moments. It, and and uh, that's not me complaining about brother on brother, you know, c- moments. Yeah. But in this episode, we got other characters in the mix. Yeah. That but at like this point in the show, too, like, sorry. 
Yeah, which at this point in the show we need. Yeah, and there was like some also like isolated moments with the with individual turtles. Yes, which was which interesting to see. Goes back to what I was saying earlier. Yeah. So I like part two. Let's talk yeah. about part three. Part three. Leo is sent to the healer. The Damio is attacked and Splinter is blamed. Um, Mikey beats Raph in the Battle Nexus uh, <laughs> by teasing him uh, to the point that he gets so angry that he kind of just loses uh, b- because he's out of control. Uh, Raph and Trax share a drink and realize Splinter has been blamed for the attack on the Damio. That's totally beer. It's not it's a protein not supplement. It's beer. It's frothy. It's a beer. Hey, it's from another dimension. It's a space protein beer. It's, it's They don't have space hops to make a beer out of. Doesn't matter. Semantics. It's beer. All right. Fine. Fine. It's foamy, folks. It's beer foams. Teenage mutant underage drinking is what is, is what is what this show hey. is. Don and Usagi protect the downed uh, Damio from the Shadow Ninjas. Uh, Draco reveals himself as the Ultimate Ninja's partner. Uh, he was wearing a cloak much like a Jedi, or much like a Sith. But he he's so tall, so he had to like really scrunch down. Yeah. Like a freaking Jawa. And just... Uh, that must be some kind of magic cloak. I, I don't know, but but it's it's very much like that 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 issue that we talked that issue of the comic we talked about last episode where it was obviously Splinter. Yo, yeah, yeah, like this was obviously Draco. It's it's not even a, a surprise, and we're like, hey, remember me? It's like, of course we remember you. Like this was telegraphed across the entire. It's a kids show, Sergio. It's a kids show. It's a kids show. Um. But it's also for the adults. Sure, sure. Um, I, I I did like this episode. I do feel it was a little bit more off the rails than the previous ones. But I guess I I really enjoyed the the structure of the battle nexus in the in the two previous episodes. Mm-hmm. And the, the the structure of the battle nexus being systematically dismantled, and the characters being entrapped and. Also, I I don't like situations where bad guys could kill good guys and they don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really stand up to a lot of logic, and right. we have a lot of that in this the, 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 these last two episodes. But it's fine. It's fine. It's still good. It's still good. What do you think? Again, I mean, I'm all in. Um, you know, we we get more. We get a lot of Usagi in these episodes. Yes. Um, which I know made Stan Sakai probably very happy. He was just he was done so incredibly well in, in these episodes. I do I do I do really enjoy that. I love the treachery. The treachery is so fun. Yeah, yeah. Like the, the ultimate ninja is not really good at being a bad guy, but he's no, just he's good he's just good enough to be obnoxious. And almost pull off his plan. Very, very close to doing it. Um, what is it like? You know, and of course, Mikey gets himself in trouble. You know, again, uh, walking downtown boasting, hey, we're the Battle Nexus champions, blah, 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 blah. You know, because they're, you know, they're doing really well. And mm-hmm. then Mikey runs into this, like, 
really shrimpy guy with like a giant mustache that goes around the back of his neck, which, yeah, why not? But he picks on him, and <laughs> he grows to the size of the Incredible Hulk. Yep. And, and it turns realize. out he's he's a finalist. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Um <laughs> and we get a and we get a uh I, I again I love the individual pairing of the turtles is like I want a Traximus and Raphael Buddy Cop like spinoff. Oh absolutely. Bounty hunters, you know, in space. So like this would be great. I'd watch that. Uh, yes, yes. One hundred percent. But it's those nice little touches, like you know, because it it breaks it breaks the norm, or I it it the the monotony. Yeah. Um. So that was that was really real because we love triceratons. We just we do. They're fun. <laughs> and it's great to know that they're not all bad. That's true. Good guy Triceratons are the best Triceratons. Yes. Even when they don't realize they're being good guys. Right. I'm looking at you, Zog. Yeah. Well, we we miss him. Pour one out for Zog. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about part four. Wrapping it up. Part four. Grand finale. Uh, Ultimate Ninja takes over the Battle Nexus. Draco demands the war staff that he was promised. The war staff being the war staff of the Damio, which apparently has all kinds of powers. Uh, Leo joins Usagi and Don uh, after being healed from Usagi's uh, cocktail of weeds. Uh, <laughs> Looked like beets. And yeah, like, beets and broccoli. Yeah, something. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> puts it on the back of his neck. He doesn't mix it up in some kind of a paste and applies it with a bandage. It's just here. I'm gonna put these roots on your neck. Just, yeah, yeah. Why okay. not? Sure, why not? Someone didn't want to animate a a, a mortar and pestle. Uh, <laughs> no. They, they're protecting the Damio. Uh, Raff and tracks rescue Splinter. Draco betrays the Ultimate Ninja. Uh, by trying to steal the, the the scepter, or not the scepter, the the, the war staff, uh, but was set up by Draco to or set up by the Ultimate Ninja to do so. Uh, Draco ends up getting the staff uh, and inadvertently opens an evil portal that starts sucking in characters. Yeah. Uh, the <clears throat> let's take a moment and talk about how ridiculous that scene was. Very ridiculous, but. Michelangelo throwing his his nunchuck into the ground. Ah, that ah oh, that irritates me because that makes no sense. It makes no sense at all. It's so a much nunchuck. of that scene. It, yeah, and he and he and he's able to wedge it into the concrete ground well enough for it to keep him from floating into the 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 the, the, the swirly tornado thing. Yeah, yeah, the evil the, the portal thing. It's it's. All of it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What do we have? Oh, so Draco and the Ultimate Ninja end up flying into the portal and disappearing. We don't know where they... Do we know where they went? I don't think they ind- indicated where that portal goes. They did not. Okay, so, so the two bad guys are banished into the portal. The Damio 
mourns the loss of his son, but closes the portal so no one else is is killed or or banished. And Mikey accidentally wins the battle nexus. <laughs> yes. Just uh, okay. <laughs> I really like that he won the battle nexus. Like he's, he's the one that I would want it, want to win it. Cause it's the funniest. Yeah. I, I don't like that. They just kind of gave it to him by default. Cause he knocked that guy out at the end. Yeah. There, they, 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 there was, there was a much funnier way for him to win it. Mm hmm. But him being able to hold that over his brother's heads for the rest oh. of their lives is perfect. It really, really is. And, and that's even I think Raphael even foreshadows that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and that does it for the big brawl. Like that's that's basically how it ends. Um that we, we do have one we have like a stinger right before the, the credits, uh, where it's revealed that the Triceratons have 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 followed the signal of the the transmat and they have they're they're now invading Earth. Yeah. Which I'm assuming will be in season three. Yeah. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. Uh Jeff, what'd you think of Big Brawl Part Four? Again, this was all 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 four of these parts, like this is exactly that was a, a, a shell of a way to wrap up a season. Okay. <laughs> Again, like it the the build up and everything, there were there's so many good Fant- just fantastic moments. Again, I'm agreeing with you with splitting off and having the turtles with different characters really added to that delicious flavor that is this four-parter. <laughs> Probably one of my favorite moments is when, um, and again, I'm going to do another dated pop culture reference. When Traximus and Raphael are going to go bust Splinter out of jail. They dress up in this, like, absurd giant cloak where Raphael is, like, the top guy, um, which has been done through a lot of different uh-huh. movies and TV shows. For me, the most notable one was from Three Stooges. Um, yep. where They became this giant monster to scare this guy. Um, and uh, I thought that was that was pretty funny. And even Raphael makes a, you know, a reference to, like, this is kind of dated or something like that. Um, the oldest trick, trick in the book or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, um, yeah, it was a great way. Like, I again, this is probably one of my favorite um, four-part episodes of the um, of the season, of, of season two. I, oh, I I can absolutely agree. It's 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 they're the best four episodes of what we watched for this episode for for you know this Shellheads episode. Yeah, and to have that be better than City at War like that, it hurts a little bit in a sense because <laughs> like you know because City at War is so good and it is disappointing that the adaptation kind of you know fell to the wayside. A bit. It still, it still has you know some good moments, but overall, like if you go back and you know, if you guys out there go and read those thirteen issues, then I think you'll you'll see where we're coming from. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and uh, it's 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 hard to really hold a lot of this stuff against the 2K3 series because, as I said before, it's a kids show. It's for oh, yeah. kids. It's that's literally who made the show for kids. Yeah, but it was it has a more of an adult edge to it. I I okay, we're just gonna disagree on that. Let's say teenage edge. No, no, this is a kids show. It's a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And kids are watching these teenagers. I was watching. I was a teenager. I was watching. No, you weren't. Yes, I was. Not when this show came on, you weren't. I think so. In 2003, you were not a teenager, good sir. In my mind, I was. <laughs> uh, I, I was kind of disappointed by this this run as a whole, there's some individual episodes that stand out. Mm-hmm. Uh, two there, there's, let's say there's three arcs. There's city at war. There's rogue in the house and the big brawl. Two of those I feel like could have been better. Like two of the three arcs um, of, of the one-off episodes. I would say the majority of the one-off episodes are good, mm-hmm. but the other three chunks of episodes that we've watched have been better. Yeah. As a whole. But that's fine. Like they don't all have to be golden. Right. It's, it's, it's still one of the best things that the, that the the turtles have ever been a part of the, the the two K three show. So, uh, before we say goodbye though, it's 2020. That means in three years, two K three turns 20 years old. And right still, now, not a physical box set release <laughs> anywhere in sight, Nickelodeon. I actually think that that's actually the point I'm getting to is what if they're just waiting? I doubt it. It's Viacom. It, they, they don't care. They care more about Avatar Last Airbender than putting out. I was like, we've, they've released it like four or five times. Solid show, not dissing the show, but I'm like, it's gotten more releases on home video proper. And even on Blu-ray, than Turtles has. It's well, it's probably because it sells better. It's Ninja Turtles. It it should it. Mm. No. <laughs> the 2K3 series will not sell well. I dis- see, I disagree. It it, it it just won't. I I know it won't. Uh, see, see this, this negativity. We need, but it we... deserves to be released. It deserves to be remastered. It like yeah. it deserves better than it's gotten. And I be- let's I I'm just predicting there's going to be a resurgence. It'll be 20 years old in 2023. God, that's crazy. That gives NECA plenty of time to go through all of this other stuff, and then in 2023, bam, 2K3 figures. Hey, I'll take that. Uh, in 2023, bam, a Blu-ray. I But I want a Blu-ray way before then. <laughs> <laughs> it's not available on major streaming platforms for purchase I, at all. You can watch it online though somewhere though, can't you? Yeah, well, yeah. There's there's like a minor streaming platform that it's available to watch on, but it's not on Netflix. It's not on Hulu. It's not on Amazon Prime. It it's might be on Amazon Prime, but you can't buy it from Vudu. You can't buy it from iTunes anymore. It's really weird. Oh yeah. Hey, quick editor's note. So the tiny streaming platform that it is available on is Pluto TV. There is a Totally Turtles channel that just 
is always playing uh, the 2K3 series and the Nickelodeon series. Uh, but I was completely wrong. You can purchase seasons of 2K3 via Amazon Prime and iTunes, uh, but the series is nowhere near complete on either of one of those platforms. It is not available through any modern releases of DVD, Blu-ray, and it's not on any major subscription streaming channels. Uh, It is a difficult show to watch. Uh, I believe they're all on YouTube, but you know how YouTube is uh, with licensed content, so... So it could disappear any day. Pluto TV seems kind of cool, though. Back to the show. Cowabunga! Like, it should even be on Nickelodeon's website, but it's not. Yeah. So, okay. Well, well, Jeff, now that we're through with that, what are we talking about next time? Do you know? Ooh, I don't. Ah, that's because I hadn't told you yet. Ha-ha! Ha-ha-za! We're reading an interesting collection of books next time. Uh, It's going to be... The non-canon books from Mirage Volume 1. Ooh. So it's going to be books that aren't technically in canon based on the, the, the IDW reprints. So anything that was in the Ultimate Collection, we've already read. These are things that were released uh, by other authors. Um, and it's going to be numbers 13, 16, 18, and 22 through 28. Does this include the was it the turtle soup stuff? No, 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 no. That we'll get there. We'll get there. This th- these are all numbered books in the Mirage Volume One run that are not canon. Oh, funky. Oh, dude, that Volume One is funky. Don't don't worry about that. Yeah, it's been a pretty clean read so far through Volume One. Now it's gonna get weird. We're going to read 10, 10 books and give those numbers again. So if, if you want to go back and read them with us, uh, it's numbers 13, 16, 18, and 22 through 28. Whew. 10 books. Should be easy to read. Uh, yeah. And we'll hit that up in about two weeks. Yeah. Uh, with that said, Jeff, where can you be found? You can find me, Sergio, at the Warp Zone Arcade. Uh, we are Brandon's premier arcade. Uh, we specialize in interesting and unique games, uh, uh, retro, uh, Neo Geo, uh, King of Fighters, Metal Slug, Windjammers, all kinds of great stuff. Uh, we do tournaments, birthday parties, um, and uh, you know we're 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 there for the gaming community. Um, and uh, check us out on Facebook. Check us out on uh, Instagram, which I need to be more active on. Um, and um, Please hit us up on Facebook with a like, a comment. Um, we don't post as much uh, now because you know we're still in the middle of you know the COVID nineteen pandemic. But um, as soon as everything kind of slows down, um, you know we hope to um, be back open, and we would love to see you. Where can we find you, Sergio? <laughs> uh, you can find me at realitybreach.com uh, or the Reality Breached Facebook page or the Reality Breached Twitter. All those things are kind of active here and there. Uh, Reality Breached is the podcast network that houses Shellheads, uh, the Reality Breach podcast, uh, the Black Pocket podcast, uh, our newest adventure, Debriefing and Cocktails, uh, and amongst many others. So visit Reality Breached for all of that. Uh, and 
I guess we need to plug this every once in a while, right? Um, yeah. Shellheads can be found on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. Uh, just search Shellheads Podcast. We should pop right up. Our, our logo is the logo. So just follow the logo. And we're also on Instagram. Uh, our handle is Shellheads Podcast uh, on Instagram. And I post stuff here and there. Every once in a while, uh, I, need, I need to become a little more active, but I'm getting there. I'm get, I'm learning. Yeah, especially I'm since they just updated. That does it for uh, episode 47 of the Shellheads podcast. Uh, I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff, and we're Shellheads. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.